Shallowy driving it toward the back post for Zussi, who puts it back across, and Shelton slots it home! Zussi can have a hit from here, he does, and Graham Zussi re-elect Graham Zussi! Shallowy knocks it in! The Hungarian assassin has given Sporting KC the lead! It's Russell! This is the Sporting KC Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Sporting Kansas City Show on your home for SKC Playoff Soccer, Sports Radio 810 WHB. And wherever you get your podcasts, it is great to be with you as always. I'm Nate Bucati, joined by the voice of Sporting Kansas City, Ali Trost-Martin, and and the man who's in charge of everything at Sports Radio 810 WHB, a man who was out covering the incredible playoff atmosphere at Children's Mercy Park this past weekend, Todd Lebo. So naturally, as the person, the only person out of the three of us who was not in the building uh, for this historic match between Sporting Kansas City and St. Louis. I'm starting the show off today. So great to be with you, everybody. It's just me with the big capital F-O-M-O over here (laughs) as I was uh, getting ready for the LAFC Vancouver game, watching on television the incredible atmosphere at Children's Mercy Park. So without further ado, I want to kick it over to the two that were there. And you first, Allie, how are you? Are you still just basking in the glow of that day? Paint the picture for people like me that didn't get to be there. It was unbelievable. It was also my birthday. And honestly, all I wanted, like truly, and I say this with complete sincerity, all I wanted was for Sporting Casey to win. Um, That was just an incredible game, incredible atmosphere. It felt every bit of a playoff game, of a rivalry match. And I've just got to say the fans showed up and St. Louis, they traveled well for that first game uh, at Children's Mercy Park in the regular season. They traveled well again, but they were a lot more concentrated to one area and got to give them credit, though, because I I, I do think the away fans help make an atmosphere what it is. And especially when it comes to a high stakes game like the one uh, last Sunday. And it just, it delivered and Sporting KC delivered as they have this entire postseason up to this point. And as they have really in the final weeks of the regular season, it was just really cool to see. And what impressed me the most was just the way in which they closed out that game. You see Danny Rosero go out with an injury. You see um, St. Louis pull a goal back in the most unlikely of ways. And then sporting have to hold on through a lot of stoppage time and the remainder of regulation and, uh, Man, it was just so, so sweet. I've, I had my family uh, there in attendance as well. So uh, getting to be a part of that game. And Nate, you've been a part of some great playoff games. I got to be a part of some great ones uh, on our local broadcast back in 2021. But man, that was uh, that was a top three moment in my uh, SKC career for sure. It, it was really, really cool. And it worked out perfectly for me on that Sunday, you know, the Chiefs were playing a game in Germany. So they played at 8.30 in the morning, right? So normally on a Sunday, if that game would have been at Arrowhead, it would have been somehow in the way of this game. And for me personally, when when the, the schedule came out and the game was going to be in the afternoon, I said, well, I'm absolutely going to cover this game because I'll be up early in the morning. I'll watch the Chiefs play a game. I'll hang out a little bit. And I'll go out to Sporting Park to, to be a part of this and cover it because it's certainly – warranted that because it really has been fun these these games they've played with st louis especially 
the last two, but uh, we got out there and it was just an amazing day. Weather yeah, the weather was one, perfect. Insane weather for a November. And as Ali said, there were, listen, the place was packed out, 21,000 people. And I do lo- love, this is one of the things we love about, about soccer and about a lot of sports. When you have a, a passionate fan base from the other side who will show up at your game, you sit there and you watch the Chiefs play a game on the road and you hear the home of the Chiefs over the, you know, the anthem when they're on the road. You're like, where is this game? Is this thing in L.A. or is it in Kansas City? So, you know, St. Louis had some fans there and they were in the corner. They always allot that corner, right, for the, for the visiting fans. But the chanting and singing back and forth was incredible because the Cauldron and the South Stand, you know, have their chants back and forth. And the St. Louis fans were singing their songs. It was so awesome. And I was up in the press box. Beautiful day. Windows open so you could hear it all, take it all in. It was absolutely a, a stunning day to have it. And, you know, sporting, we say this all the time when you, when you talk about soccer or watch soccer. It's a pretty easy game when the ball goes in the net, right? You know, you can do all the, the great offense that you want, and you get a bunch of shots, and if they just are a little bit off, someone hits the post, goes over the top, someone makes a save, it's a real tough game, man. They have just these games against St. Louis for sure. Unsavable goals, really. I mean, just, just outstanding stuff. And, and when you score, it becomes a pretty easy game. And, and not that that was easy at the end because 12 minutes of stoppage time, Ooh. which ended up being about 14 because I said, you know, they don't put it on the scoreboard. I start a stopwatch every time and I'm looking, I'm like, seems like it's been 40 minutes. I'd been three, you know, but it was, <laughs> it, it was, it was crazy down the stretch and just outstanding atmosphere. And the good news for sporting, they get time to rest. I will say this, we just found out on Wednesday that Logan and Dembe, who has scored in each one of these games, and, and, and scored the first goal the other night, uh, you know, against St. Louis at home on a nice pass. Just a beautiful play. Everything about it. Shallowy with the pass. Polito with the pass. And Dembe being patient and just, you know, putting it right in the bottom corner. You couldn't save it. Well, apparently, Peter Ramiz told us on Wednesday that he tore his ACL during the game and, and played afterwards. So I'll play a soundbite for you with, with Peter Ramiz telling us the bad news that Logan and Dembe is going to be out now. In the game on uh, Sunday, Logan and Dembe uh, tore his ACL, so he'll be obviously he'll be sidelined for the rest of the season and into next. Um, good thing is is that you know we have full roster, we got a lot of guys, and you know the next guy will will be up. And um, it's unfortunate for Logan because he's not only playing so well, but he worked so hard to get back and get into such great form. But um, like I said. This is this is the business that we're in. You got to find a way to to uh, uh, deal with the situations that you're in, and we've dealt with a lot of them over the course of the last two years. So uh, it's not something that this team can't handle. Um, Rosero is 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 pretty good, so he'll you know he's recovering. Um, he did break his nose, if you don't know, um, but they've worked on him, and so he's he's now just recovering, and uh, he'll get through the the weekend, and then we'll start having them come back and start going from there. Everything else, everybody else is pretty good. It's a, it's really hard to say. He thinks he knows when he did it. Um, and I think if he, if that's when he did it, I would say it's, I mean, it, it's, it's not like he got crushed on the tackle, but there is, there is some kind of contact, but he also played 44 minutes thereafter, which is unbelievable. I've, I've never seen that in a player. I've never seen a player, you know, do his ACL and play 44 minutes. I've seen one do it for like 20 some odd minutes. And that was Teal Bunbury, 
but I've never seen anybody finish a game like like he did because he was he was still playing really well. It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate for him. It's unfortunate for the team. Um, yeah, and I think for the fans because he was, you know, he's playing so well. So from that point of view, yeah, of course it is. But he's also a strong dude, and he'll be back, and he'll be better than ever, and I'm, I'm confident of that. So the amazing part there, guys, is that he scored the goal and then somehow got at least a partial tear of this ACL and continued to play, and that is kind of – I think that's emblematic of what this team is doing right now. They are all in. Yeah, it's uh, we'll we'll get our reactions to the Ndembe news. I better go ahead and lay out the menu for the show as well today. We've got Todd Lebo with us and Allie. Um, coming up in the next segment, we're going to talk to Logan's counterpart on the right-hand side of the defense, Jake Davis, young fullback, is going to join us in the next segment of the show. And then, of course, we're going to hear some some locker room sound from Todd Lebo from post-game. A little more celebratory news here in a little bit as well, but to go back to the, to the soundbite you just played there from Peter Vermees, uh, I was stunned when this news came across uh, on Wednesday because there were players I was worried about coming out of that game. Gotti Kinda at one point in time looked like he maybe had suffered an injury that I was worried about. Obviously Danny Rosero ends up coming out of the game. And, and I was waiting to hear if either of those guys, there was an, I, I wasn't sitting there thinking, man, I wonder if Logan and Dembe is okay. And then to find out he's got a torn ACL, like you said, playing up maybe upwards of 44 minutes on this thing. Allie, for me, it's, it's, there's two prongs to how heartbreaking this is. And the first one obviously is always team first with Peter Vermees. So it's about the team. And I believe that as much as we've talked about the designated players coming back to fitness and certainly getting Alan Polito back has been as important as anything, but right there with it to me has been the development of those two young fullbacks through the course of this season in terms of what's most responsible for turning this season around for this team. Those guys are at the top of the list, in my opinion, because in this system, the way they play, getting up the field, those fullbacks have to have the type of engines that get you up and down the field for 90 minutes at a full sprint and willing to defend, willing to help those center backs out. And these two guys are have been willing and able to do it. So I think that from a team standpoint, this is a big blow. I think Logan Adembe has been a, a massive asset to the team. And then the other side is the human side for the individual. <sighs> For Logan and Dembe, we know how important this season was to him going into the season as a U-22 that didn't really get his season off the ground last year, battling some injuries early in the year, that injury that he suffered in St. Louis the first time. This is that stage in his career where he's trying to prove, let's be perfectly honest about it, my assumption is he's in Kansas City to have a couple of great years and then prove that he belongs in one of the top leagues in Europe and make that move. We're seeing a lot of young players do that. And I think he was starting to make that progress. And now to have an injury like this right in the playoffs, your heart breaks for him at the same time as it does for the team, Allie. Absolutely. And yeah, starting with the individual side, I, I had a conversation with Peter Vermees a, a few weeks ago ahead of um, one of, I think it was decision day ahead of the last game of the regular season in which sporting, of course, got the job done to get into the playoffs. But I asked him about Logan and Denbe specifically. And he said, you know, when he was coming back from that early hamstring injury, the two of them sat down and had a, a really realistic conversation. And, and Vermees was really happy with the way that that Logan responded, because a lot of that conversation was, hey, we need you to put in the work to get fully fit to do all of these things. And Logan took 
you know, whatever that feedback from Vermese was in stride and clearly uh, made a huge impact and grew so much individually. I mean, seeing how his game has evolved, uh, we knew he had so many of those those components on the defensive side, but seeing how he's coupled that with some really smart and uh, incredible play connecting the the front line and providing so much attack up that left-hand side uh, has been incredible and has also produced goals for him, his first two in his professional career. Mm. But when we talk about the team side, the numbers will tell you that Logan and Dembe and Jake Davis have completely changed what this team has been able to do as far as getting results with both Jake Davis and Logan and Dembe for 19 games. The team has produced 12 wins, two draws, and just five losses without at least one of those players across 17 games, just two wins, six draws, and nine losses. Wow. Uh, it gets even more interesting when you look at the, the goal scoring production with Jake Davis and Logan and Dembe, 37 goals for 26 against Meanwhile, without at least one of those guys, only 17 goals for and 27 goals against. So just looking at, at all of those numbers and the win percentage, uh, I think is the one that maybe tells the, the biggest story. 63.2% win percentage with both of those guys without at least one, just 11.8%. So, you know, it, it, it takes a whole team, of course. But when we talk about the turnaround for this team, you got to talk about Logan and Denbe and Jake Davis and their impact. So crushing news for Jake Davis. But the good news is, is that Sporting do have depth at that position. Tim Leibold, uh, who's been in and out of the lineup, he brings a lot of experience. And so hopefully, uh, you know, he's fit and, and ready and able to, to get back uh, into the lineup and, and just, you know, pick things up right where, uh, where Logan left him off, which was in a, a pretty incredible spot. They really, they remind you of when, you know, it was like, uh, you know, I guess you would Seth Sinovic and Chance Myers just running up and down the, the wings back in 2013 when they won it all. I was amazed. It, it's fun when you get to you watch the game on TV, you watch the game on TV, right? You get to see little, little pieces of it. But I was watching Jake Davis run all freaking night long. It was incredible. And same thing with Ndenbe. And now that I know that he had a torn ACL for part of the game, it's even crazier. <laughs> How much effort they put in throughout because they're they're up there, you know, helping the offense as well. They're not just hanging out in the back. So a lot is asked mm -hmm. from them and a lot is uh, they, they've given so much. And those numbers are amazing that Allie just gave. And they're also a little bit scary because now they're going to be without at least one of them for the future here in this for this playoff run for sure. But they do have some other players on the team that can go. But, you know, they uh, that was another fun part about being at the game. Is getting and as especially getting to set up high where the press box is, watch the whole thing happen and how much movement there is, especially with what they have on the, the wings, I guess, is what you know the soccer people would, would call it wingers, left back, right back, whatever you want to call them, right? There, Peter Ramiz wants them to do a lot of stuff, and these guys have done it. I don't know how they continue to make these insane runs, uh, that they have to make up and down the field all the time. So sporting, they, they get the win. Uh, obviously, this is a bad blow for them. They'd actually been in a decent run of health for the first time in a long time. We'll see how they're able to cover it, see if Tim Leibold's able to come back. He's been on the shelf a little bit lately, but to understand he's been back training with the team, so hopefully he's able because he's a veteran that uh, has, has a lot of professional soccer under his belt that you know you feel like hopefully can plug in and the team can keep cruising in that regard. Todd, you, you talked about being out at the game. And uh, I tell you what, when I was sitting here in my hotel room um, that night, I was thinking about 
boy, the post game must have been fun. You know, whether you're <laughs> down in the field club, whether you are in the Budweiser brew house, or whether you were in the locker room with the players, and I know that's where you were. What was that scene like? Well, it was pretty interesting. You know, it was it was a pretty long time before Peter came into the interview room because it was the last home game, no matter what, right? And so the the players and Peter they they did a lap around the stadium. There's a lot of thanking of the fans. So we were just down there waiting, right? And then off to the side, the field club, you see all the people coming through. I mean, they were having fun. No question about that because the glass doors are right there. And if someone came through that door, you could hear it, right? There were some good times being had in there. So Peter's up there for quite a while, too. He told that same story that Ali had talked about, about his conversations with Ndenbe and, you know, went through everything. It was, it was long. And it was like, so then we go over to the locker room. And I walk in with Eric Stone Street standing there. All right, well, you know, okay. Eric Stone Street's in the locker room having fun. And then uh, the, the PR staff's like, it's going to be a while. The guys are in the back, right? So they were back having their own private time. The players were. And then when they came in, I mean, the music was going and uh, and the singing and the chanting and all the stuff. They, they really look, I'm not around the team all the time, but this feels like a team that's a team, you know? that are that really likes each other and they love how they're playing and it was a lot of fun i mean talked to logan and dimbe about scoring a goal and you know about everything that was going on not knowing that uh, he had a torn acl <laughs> which was interesting and talked to daniel shallowy about his goal and you know how much fun he's had this year and then had a chance to talk to johnny russell a little bit and the, what i wanted to ask all these guys and especially johnny who had been around this team they, they they're dangerous right now this is a team that's playing well and they they got informed late and they made the playoffs and we talked about how st louis was going the wrong way kansas City was going the right way and we saw what happened so i asked johnny russell if he was another team would he want to play against sporting kc right now i don't think anyone would um coming into the playoffs i mean it's it's always the teams that come in and form who do the most damage um and we are coming in with some form. Uh, like I say, we haven't done anything yet. We've, we've showed huge character to get where we are, but we need to keep going. There's, there's no doubt this is a dangerous team, guys. They're scoring goals. They're, they're playing great on defense. And Tim Melia being back and healthy is obviously a big help for this squad as well. He wasn't asked to do a lot in the game against St. Louis. He made the big save on the header. The other... The, the goal that St. Louis scored, Peter Vermees said it after the game. I think we all, it was a pass, right? It was a cross. Yeah. It just happened to go into the corner. It was unsavable. But I think they've got a lot of good, good things going for them right now. And they feel very, very confident. It's not great. It's not ideal to have all this time off. But it's still better than being home. They're playing, right? So you find, mm -hmm. find a way to get through these few weeks. And you scout it all out. And you'll find out who you get to play this weekend. And you'll be ready to go. The alternative is you're sitting at home like St. Louis is. They'd love to have three weeks off before a game, but they don't. They have months off now. No doubt about it. We've got Todd Lebo with us. We've got Ali Trost-Martin with us. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to hear from Jake Davis, right back for Sporting Kansas City, who, as Todd said, was up and down that right flank the entire game, and what a development he has been this season for Sporting Kansas City as well. That's all straight ahead right here on the SKC Show on your home for Sporting Kansas City Soccer. Sports Radio 810 WHB. 
You're listening to the Sporting KC Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. And we're back on this playoff edition, victory edition of the Sporting Kansas City Show on your home for SKC Soccer, Sports Radio 810 WHB. Wherever you get your podcasts and stream your content, we appreciate you listening. Once again, this is Nate Bucati along with the voice of Sporting Kansas City and host of Morning Footy. She's just Blowing up everywhere, Allie Trost Martin. <laughs> and speaking of people who are blowing up, Allie, we've got one of the rising stars in, in Major League Soccer and for sport in Kansas City in specific joining us on the show. Homegrown right back Jake Davis joins us right now. What's up, Jake? How are you, man? Pretty good. Feeling good after the game. Um, a lot of a lot of a lot of days till our next game. So looking forward to a little bit of rest. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead, I mean, Allie. let's let's talk about though. You're feeling pretty good. I mean, are you sure you're not feeling a lot better than pretty good? Eliminating the one seed St. Louis in two games, get it done at Children's Mercy Park. Just take me through what those two games were like because a lot of people had ruled you guys out, had St. Louis as the favorite, and you guys left no question in those two games. Yeah. Before I. I mean, it's hard to really say what I was thinking because, <laughs> I mean, like, we'll stay appropriate. But um, I think I always go by the thing, like, don't get too high in the highs, don't get too low in the lows. And obviously, um, it's an accomplishment itself, beating the one seed, um, you know, getting to where we are now after how our season started. But um, especially beating a rival in the playoffs when everyone counted us out um felt really good I mean I've played against St. Louis teams since I was in the academy even when I wasn't at Sporting's Academy even when I was in Michigan and you know obviously they play hard they they play a different style of soccer um so I felt a lot more passionate about that win um just for myself because I've played against those teams since I was younger in the academy on the second team last year and now on the First team, especially, it's more special uh, beating them in the playoffs. It's it's nice. So and and you know we try to take as much emotion out of it as we could because we you know just looked at it as a playoff game. We're gonna go and do everything we can to win, not necessarily about the rival, but um, you know now talking about it, it's pretty sweet because we got the last laugh because you know they obviously got us in the regular season, but here we are now eliminating them from the playoffs. So it's nice. What a journey this season has been, both for the team and for you individually, Jake, because I, it's one of the things I love about sports, you know, watching the progression of individuals, watching the progression of teams, the highs and lows, and, and the, 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 it's like you're watching a soap opera unfold in front of your eyes and the, and the character development that happens. And I remember Allie and I sitting down with you at the beginning of the year because we had our great conversation about you being an Arsenal fan and how you know, I remember, your, yeah, yeah, your journey as a as a player emotionally growing the way that uh, Granite Jaka did with uh, with Arsenal and all that. And now here we are, you know, you've you've emerged as an everyday like we write this guy's name down in the lineup before we even see the team sheet. We know he's playing right back. He um, on on a team that that looked like the season was headed for disaster early on. And, and now you guys are on to the conference semifinals. I'm curious, as you look back on all that, does this year feel like it went by in the blink of an eye? Or does it feel like it's been like, man, this has been such a journey. I Things are so different now than they were at the start of the year. I can't believe it. It's a pretty good question. I think 
um, in terms of the season, I it doesn't even feel like the same season from the beginning from when how we how we, <laughs> how we started to now. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously MLS seasons are pretty long, but just in terms of how we've turned it around, looking back, it doesn't. It just feels like not the same season. Like I don't know how else to put it. Mm-hmm. Like it just doesn't feel real. Um, I don't know if that's the right thing to say, but that's just how I feel. And then I think for me, I think just coming into preseason um, and up until now, I've just been focused on, you know, the things that Peter's told me. Um, obviously, emotions were a big thing for me to work on, like we talked about. I remember I was sitting down on the bleachers uh, at training when we talked about it. But, um, yeah, emotions were big for me to work on. And honestly, I think that was a very big test for me against St. Louis because every game we played against them, the last regular season game, first playoff game that they're placed and now ours. Um, I won't say I got beat up, but I think they were definitely trying to um, rattle me a little bit because yeah. they know that it, in the past I can easily be rattled. And I think I passed that test. I thought I did a really good job of staying composed, no yellow cards. Um, so, yeah, I think But to answer your question, I think I've just kind of had the same mindset of, having a very open mind since the beginning of the season, trying to take in as much information as I can to get better with the ball, without the ball, mentally, physically. Um, and I'll continue to do that, not just because we just won a playoff game, you know, from this season on on. You mentioned uh, St. Louis maybe trying to rattle you and being proud of yourself for for staying composed. What's something in those moments? Is there is there like a phrase that you repeat to yourself? Like what's going <laughs> through your mind mentally when when you notice a player is like, hey, they're trying to get in my pocket, they're trying to get in my head? Well, I think especially against St. Louis because it happened so often, not just in the playoff games, even the last regular season game. Honestly, I think I found a balance of, you know, knowing – you know, when to be, I think I took more of a, a verbal approach, not physical also. And I don't think my verbal approach was as uh, vulgar as in the past. Um, <laughs> but no, I also know that I have a bit more awareness now, like, okay, these guys are trying to get at me. Like they're trying to do this. It wasn't, you know, there's this analogy sometimes I use. It's like when sharks like tear, they're in the ocean. And when they come up to attack something, their eyes like or when they go down, like something goes over their eyes and they can't see, they're just, they go beast mode, you know? Mm-hmm. They yeah. don't think, they just do. And I think in the past, it's a weird analogy, but just hear me out. I think in the past, that's what would happen to me. Like I didn't really, I just saw blood and I just didn't, didn't really care what the repercussions were. And now I think I have a lot more of awareness of what can happen if I really um, don't take control of the emotional part. And I think against St. Louis and even other teams, when I've gotten in little tiffs in the game or something's happened, I've just had the awareness of like, okay, this is what happened. I need to make sure that I take care of myself because if I do something, it's going to hurt the team. And uh, yeah, I just think that I have a lot more awareness now about what goes on and what can happen in the game and how to manage that. Not, not a phrase that I say to myself, just the awareness and having that thought already. Well, speaking of awareness real quick, I I've been amazed at your just spatial awareness in the game. It feels like you're always in the right position to make a tackle, intercept the ball out of the air, on the ground, whatever it is. I mean, the tactical side of the game, playing somewhat out of position at right back and to have really taken in everything that you've needed to do from a tactics standpoint, it's been incredible to see. What what has that part of it been like for you? Yeah, I think uh 
you know, I'm not tooting my own horn. I think also that's just kind of instinct, but also I've had a lot of great, great people around me every day. I mean, it's not just one conversation. I mean, every day we have a lot of great de defensive players. Um, everyone talks to me. Everyone's giving me information, not just the players, the staff, the coaching staff. And that doesn't just come with, you know, me watching the film. It comes with a lot of my teammates helping me and the coaches talking to me and, you know, getting better 1% every day and making sure I'm making the right steps to improve each game. And that's all I can say for that. And I'm glad that I have those people around me because I'll continue to keep getting better with with their advice and their uh, their guidance. All right, I've got some good news for you here, Jake. When when you're given that analogy about the Sharks, I think it's actually perfect. They're, yeah, their eyes roll in the back of their heads when they, when they go attack. Um, and you were talking about the awareness um, how old are you again? If you don't mind me asking, I should have it in front of me. I'm 21, 21 years old. My wife studies brain function, uh, for, as part of her job. And she has explained to me that the average male brain does not fully form, uh, until 26 years old. And the part of the brain that is the latest to develop is exactly what you're talking about the impulse control, and the ability to calculate consequences. That's why you always see teenage boys doing the dumbest things. And you're like, yeah. did they not see what the outcome was going to be yeah. there? And and it's it's across the board. And when you think about it in that way, it, like it makes perfect sense. No wonder. And and at the same time, the parts of your brain that that uh, that control your 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 libido and your aggressiveness and all that stuff is like going full speed. And so for somebody your age, five years ahead of schedule to kind of figure that out on your own in the, in the heat of a very, you know, tense moment in your life when, when the pressure's high and, and everybody's out there fighting for things, you're ahead of the game, man. So you should be proud of yourself for that. And I think that, um, you know, when, when it comes to that awareness of what other people are trying to do, there's a next level to it too, which is, do you start to realize that you can do that to other people as well? You know, that what the, the way you react in games can actually sometimes get under their skin or, yeah. you know, if, you know what I'm saying? And, and cause them yeah. to make poor decisions on the field. No, I think you're completely right. I think that's that's a that's a level above where I'm at right now. So <laughs> I don't want to get too cute with what I do on the field. But, you know what? Uh, that's an intelligence right there, because I think personally, this is me talking, not you. And I'm interrupting you. I sorry. think that's what we're seeing Matt Miazga get 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 in trouble with right now. I saw. I noticed that in the the games, he he likes to wind people up a lot. I and then he ends that. up getting himself suspended for a game, you know. So you're right. Oh, you're, he was suspended. Oh, because he's got three. Yeah, he's got he three yellows hard, now. Man. Yeah, so he can't play in the next playoff game. And so that's exactly. I think that's really well spotted by you to say, yeah, let's not try to get too cute here because you can end up burning yourself right in the same process. Yeah, I just think what what my where my thoughts are right now. I think it's it's doing well, and I think you know. You have a good point, though. I think definitely having self-control and then being being able to turn that and use it to my advantage against other people. Yeah, that's that's like I said, that's the next step. But for right now, I think I just want to focus on what I know. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's near the end of the season, so I don't think I need to try to change anything that I'm doing. And again, not change, but just take an information and use it to when I'm on the field. I know I remember a conversation we had with Johnny Nate. I think it was on a sporting KC show maybe last year where he talked about 
kind of having that ability to to know when he's kind of gotten a guy shaken up and then he's just he knows that he's got him and and whether that's in the mental side of it or you know he just got, gets him a little bit shaky maybe he doesn't have as much cover and so he's just getting burned on 1v1 so maybe you and Johnny Russell can talk about uh, that mental side as I'm sure you've earned a lot of respect from the captain uh, over this past year um as well but you know, when we look at these next uh couple of weeks you guys have off between um you know, your, your last playoff game and the semifinal matchup, how, how do you approach that from a training standpoint? You guys were full steam ahead going through the, the remainder of the season. And now you, you've got these couple of weeks. How do you, how do you go about them? Um, well, as Nate said, I, I feel like I am ahead of the game, but also I might not know all that, but I do know, um, that recovery is important. We've played a lot of games. Um, put a lot of effort into the games. And I think it's a blessing and a curse that we have three weeks till the next game. I think it's really good for recovery and um, realigning our, not realigning our focus, but just realigning what we need to do in our next game against our next opponent. And obviously we don't know that yet. So um, it's good to have some rest, but also, um, you know, I think personally, I don't look at it any differently. I just think when we have training, show up, Stay focused, learn, take in information, try to try to um, produce that on the field, and then focus on the next day of training. Like, um, I don't try to complicate it too much. I just, you know, I I love soccer. Like, I think everyone knows that. So I I enjoy going to training and um, and learning and being on the field and everything. So, um, how do we prepare? I think rest is important, and then just every day stay focused on getting better and making sure we're prepared for the game. We're visiting with Jake Davis as Sporting Kansas City are on to the conference semifinals this year. And I think, you know, obviously one of the biggest developments has been the emergence of you and Logan and Dembe at the fullback positions. And unfortunately this week, we just had Peter Ramiz tell us about this injury that Logan has suffered in the game. And I mean, I think the heart that he showed to keep playing, according to what Peter thinks through that injury for upwards of 44 minutes says a lot about the heart and character of this team. But um, I, I'm, I'm curious what you guys play on opposite sides of the field, but you have similar responsibilities, I guess, young guys that are doing things. What, what's the relationship like with him? And, and I mean, I think it's been really cool to see the way you two young guys have really grown in those positions this year. No, Logan, uh, Logan's a pretty close friend of mine. Um, I think obviously in the beginning of the season, I was more fixated on as a, as a midfielder. Everyone knows that. Um, but when I started to play outside back, um, obviously he went through a stint of injury earlier in the season and, as he saw me play, I think same thing I told you guys before. I think he just, you know, pulled me aside, gave me little tips, little, little advice that ended up adding up big time for me in the games and helped me a lot. And, you know, not just the soccer, but I think he's a great guy. He's funny, good heart, effort, great soccer player. I mean, um, I don't have a bad word to say about him and he's helped me a lot this year. And I, I, I'm, I'm crushed for him, but um, he'll be back. So, how's Logan's golf game? You said he liked to to go out and golf. Is he one of the guys that uh, is usually in that rotation? <laughs> no, no, no. I don't think so. I don't think golf's his game. Uno's his game. Ooh, Uno. What yeah. uh, what other uh, games do you guys typically play? Is that usually reserved for road 
trips or just hanging out around the facility? Honestly, it's not on road trips. I just think, uh, you know, when we're all free, we uh, we play we play Uno, but not the normal kind. I, I, it's hard to explain the rules, but we have a, <laughs> we changed it up. Logan actually created it, so it's pretty good. So love it. Yeah. <laughs> well, Jake, listen, man, we're so excited for you. Uh, we're excited for the team and the way things are going right now. It's uh, it's always great to get a chance to catch up with you. And I, I swear, man, every time we have a conversation with you. It's interesting, you know, and that's uh that's a compliment to you because you're obviously a very, very thoughtful guy. And um it's it's just gonna be so fun to watch your your continued progression as a player and with this team. So thanks for the time, man, and uh, and Thank good you. luck the rest of the playoffs. Thank you. Appreciate it. And with it. your move too. <laughs> yes. Thank you. I need I need that. I'm trying I'm trying to think, by the way, Ali, like is there some sort of anti-shark nickname, you know, b- because he's, he's the opposite of the shark. He doesn't, he doesn't, you know, go beast mode anymore. He stays calm and cool. So we got to come up with whatever animal just is like a, a, a ruthless, you know, what animal attacks the shark Ooh. in the ocean. I don't like know, who, but I, who's, I, I'm just trying to think of what animals have like the emotional, like they're just steady, you know, and we'll, we'll have to figure that out. Yeah, Jake. we'll work on it for you, Jake. That's your assignment yeah. next time. You're going to give us an analogy as to what animal you actually are like as a predator now. I love it. I love analogies. So I'll, I'll figure something out for you guys. <laughs> Perfect. Dude. Love it. All right, Jake. Take care, buddy. Thank you. All right. That's Jake Davis. We'll be back to wrap things up on this edition of the Sporting Kansas City Show right after this. You're listening to the Sporting KC Show on Sports Radio 810 WHB. And we're back on the Sporting Kansas City Show on your home for SKC Soccer, Sports Radio 810 WHB, wherever you get your podcasts as well. We appreciate you downloading, subscribing, liking, listening, doing all those things. Nate Katie, along with Ali Trost-Martin and Todd Lebo rejoins us as we now look ahead, guys, to what is left in these playoffs and Todd you kind of touched on it a couple of segments ago long layoff now three weeks to try to heal some guys up and get ready for this game but also we don't know who the opponent will be next for Sporting Kansas City it could be one of two of the greatest historic rivals for Sporting Kansas City yes St. Louis has taken over now as the number one rival but if you go back to 2011 2012 2013 Sporting Kansas City and the Houston Dynamo hated each other. The Dynamo knocked Sporting out of the playoffs a couple years in a row. Sporting finally got them in 2013 to get to the MLS Cup final against Real Salt Lake. And Benny Failhaber and Kyle Beckerman both didn't like each other, and those teams were fighting each other, and Roger Espinosa is getting into it with guys in preseason. They did not like each other, RSL and Sporting Kansas City. I don't know how much of a carryover there is from those rivalries from 10 years ago or so, but they're at least historic rivals for the fans to get excited about. And Ali Sporting's going to play one of the, those two teams because RSL got the win in the second leg of that, that uh, series against Houston. So they're going back to Houston Saturday at five o'clock and the winner of that game will be hosting Sporting Kansas City. Ooh, I mean, here's the thing, though. While these are, are more long-time rivals from the past, there have been some games in recent years that involve a lot of these current sporting Kansas City players in which the, I'd say the rivalry is still alive and well in some regard. 
Houston knocked Sporting out of the U.S. Open Cup this year. Real Salt Lake knocked Sporting out of the playoffs just a couple of years ago in 2021. Mm -hmm. And a lot of these guys uh, won't, you know, easily forget that. You know, going back and forth between, you know, who who would you rather have Sporting Kansas City play? I mean, this Houston Dynamo team has been incredible this year under first-year head coach Ben Olsen. Their record at home is terrifying. Uh, their attack with Hector Herrera just playmaking left and right is uh, is one that you don't really want to go up against. But this Real Salt Lake team, they've got some fight in them. Man, I, it's, uh, it's kind of a scary thought. And it's always seemed to be a weird game for sporting every time they go and play uh, at Real Salt Lake. So going to be two really tough opponents no matter what. But this might sound a little cliche. I think for sporting Kansas City, what's served them really well as they've turned things around is their ability to really focus on what they do well. And as we saw, Peter Vermees is, is not afraid to make some tweaks tactically uh, as he did it, especially in that first playoff game against St. Louis. So I, I just, I, I think this sporting Kansas city team for as scary as, you know, the likes of real salt Lake and Houston are at this moment in time, this sporting team has got to be one of uh, the most intimidating to play in the postseason right now with just the type of form that they've been in and how battle tested they are. I, I think if there's one thing I've really come away with uh, in this postseason, it's just how, you know, the more adversity you can go through in a season and the more must win games that you've already become accustomed to to playing in, uh, the better off you are. And I think that that's what propelled uh, sporting past St. Louis. And I think it's what's going to potentially take them really far in this uh, postseason as well. So I, I'm really looking forward to to this Saturday night matchup in the game three. But I've got to say, I, I'm not loving this playoff format because I think if you're Houston to go on the road and draw after winning at home in regulation, that in regular season play, you've earned yourself four points. Salt Lake, on the other hand, you go on the road in the first game, you lose in regulation, and then you draw at home after regulation. That's just one point. Houston's got more points in those two matchups. We talk about all the time how, you know, drawing on the road in Major League Soccer is, you know, it's like getting a win. So why, you know, why does that change now? I just think if, if Houston were to get knocked out after winning the first game and then drawing but losing in pens, I just, I don't think that that says that the better team advanced personally. So we, we don't need to open that can of worms, but I think that is just something about this playoff format that it makes things interesting, but I don't think it necessarily is a fair representation of the team that should advance because to me, you go and win and you draw, boom, you've got more points, you're advancing. Yeah, it's one of those things where like American soccer fans had a hard time with the aggregate scoring. It was too much for them mm -hmm. to get, wrap their heads around. So now they're playing this way. I think people enjoy PKs. They're fun or whatever. But you're right. If you did it the old way, the math is the math. And that's the way it would have worked. Um, they, listen, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense to have three game series and then, and then one and done. The, the later in the playoffs, the more exciting it gets. You only have one game. But I, I get why they're doing it. They want to have more fans at games and give these owners opportunities to have home games. That's cool. What we know right now totally. is Sporting's going on the road, and they're going to play one of these teams. Now, the good news is they've beaten each of them in the past month, right? Uh, that's part of them playing hot soccer. They, they've gotten them both. Now, those one was home, one was away. Here's this. Maybe this is the wrong way to look at this stuff. Here's what I think when I, when I watch this. Every time I turn on and I see Houston – I don't see a raucous atmosphere down in Houston. I don't see the place packed out and it's all crazy. 
I think the folks at Salt Lake are a little more feisty of a crowd. I think the weather, who knows what it could be in Salt Lake City at this time of year. So if you're asking me, would I rather play it, um, you know, in probably good weather in front of a, a house that's not maybe necessarily as packed, maybe Houston's your spot. But they've been killing everybody, whether people are in their stadium or not down there. So that that's the other side of it. But listen, no one played better soccer this year than St. Louis. They were number one in the West and sporting beat them. So I think this is a hot, dangerous team that could beat either one of these teams on the road. I think they absolutely could. That you know now you just have to wait. You have to wait and see. And I think you'll see. We're seeing the best of Sporting Kansas City down the stretch. And I think you're going to see a really, really good team. Whatever day it's going to be, whichever stadium it's going to be, whatever time it's going to be, whether it's cold, rainy, hot, humid, Houston, whatever. I think you're going to see a really good Sporting KC side. Because do not. I asked Peter this after the game. I look back at my phone. I had a picture of media day. It was March seventh. This is fully eight months. Eight months after they had media day, which they'd already played a game by then, they because they started on the road, and he was talking mm-hmm. about how listen, it's going to be tough. This, you know, we're going to have to go through, and they had injuries at the beginning. He he was very confident this team was going to be better at the end than the beginning, and there's no question, they are unbelievably uh, playing hot soccer right now, and they were so cold at the beginning of the year because they just didn't have all their players. And they've got mm-hmm. guys back now. They've got some injuries, but they got guys back. I think you're seeing the best of sporting, and they can win. They can win wherever it is. I, uh, I I've heard one person bring up the possibility. It was actually Vanny Sartini of what you were talking about, Ali, with the three game series. First team to five points wins. Where if you draw and then you win your penalty shootout, uh, you get you get two points, right? So then if you draw two games and win both penalty shootouts, you're only on four points. If the other team wins a game and gets to penalties twice, they win in advance. Um, so you, you got to at least by that format, you would have to win a game in regulation mm-hmm. before penalties to move on. And I wonder if that might, might, might not be something they think about going forward, because I think that makes a lot of sense to go back to the matchups. Ali had texted, we were texting back and forth. She said, who do you want Houston or RSL? And I didn't really answer the question. If you remember what I said to you, Ali was Houston's the better team. That doesn't necessarily mean that's who you'd rather play because, Todd, you listed off a lot of reasons that even if Houston's the better team, maybe playing in Houston is the better situation because of a lot of the reasons. Playing in Salt Lake is weird, man. The altitude you. You might be playing in a driving snowstorm. We saw Sporting win on decision day during the pandemic. I called that match off of a computer in a driving snowstorm where my computer screen literally looked – it looked just like a little orange streak going back and forth across the field. I couldn't see any of the players. That was a big, that was maybe the biggest challenge uh, play by play. And I was battling COVID at the time too. So that was weird. Things happen is what I'm saying uh, when Salt Lake gets involved. But I will say this, I, Tony Mule and I got a chance to call Houston dynamo game two weeks before the end of the season. Now they were playing a Colorado team that was miserable, but they, we watched the film of them coming up to it too. There might not be a team that's more fun to watch in the Western Conference than Houston right now. You could probably say Columbus on the other side in the East, but in the West, when you watch Houston play, you're going to see guys doing dummies on the ball, letting it run through to another player, back heel flicks all over the place. I mean, they are clicking and they are loving the way they play soccer. They score really fun goals where seven guys touch the ball one time, uh, but they're also still, they find a way to be good defensively with all that. So Mm -hmm. 
I think that they are a tough, tough matchup. I don't know which one you'd rather play. Let's just sit back on Saturday, Allie, and, and see how it shakes out, right? Yeah, it's all about form and momentum, right? You know, if you're Houston right now, you've got to be so disappointed with the way that that second game on the road at Salt Lake went because Houston looked like they had it. And then to, you know, have Amin Bossy score the pen uh, off the rebound in regulation, but then miss the first one. And he scored the game winner in that first game for Houston. Just that's got to take a shot at your confidence after it was, you know, skyrocketing. But I do have a lot of confidence that this Houston team will get through, especially with them playing at home. And I think Ben Olsen's done a really good job. And then the extension of Ben Olsen, Hector Herrera, who's been such a leader, um, you know, on and off the field. You, you saw his reaction when Karis uh, you know, kind of involved in, in uh, giving up that that foul that then led to uh, to the uh, the free kick that then led to the equalizer for um, for Salt Lake. You know, I, I think he he has very high expectations for this group, and uh, it's going to be a battle in this uh, in this final game. So, uh, looking forward to seeing who Sporting is going to end up uh, traveling to for uh, the semis. What we know is that the Sporting Kansas City season is going to go past Thanksgiving. Uh, they're going to play on the 25th or 26th, so we can all sit around the Thanksgiving table and be grateful for that. I'm grateful for you guys, Allie and Todd. Thank you for joining me on the show today. Thanks to Jake Davis for joining us on the show today as well. And we'll be back at it here shortly with another edition of the Sporting Kansas City Show right here on your home for Sporting KC Soccer, Sports Radio 810 WHB.